WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I've met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are and it is awesome. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch. You hear me? You can laugh, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot to back. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. What the game is playing! Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie! She doesn't want to take cues. Good evening, everyone. Oh, Welcome. I'm sorry. I didn't see it go off. I was sitting here waiting for it. Twice. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It didn't ding for me. I'm sorry. I will open the show now. God. Damn. Anyway, good evening, everyone. Welcome back <laughs> here on WildTalkRadio.com. Budget by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out, youtube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RecRadioShow.com, WallTalkRadio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. You're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available. You can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen. You can subscribe for free. It is that simple. Or you can subscribe the regular way, follow, 
hang out and chat, listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. I am your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever-faithful producer, slash co-host, slash handyman, Sir Rockin. I wanted an easy show. We all wanted an easy show. I wanted an easy show. You can tweet us at WildTalkRadio, at RecordShow, at WildTalkRadio.com, RecordShow.com. Come to twitch.tv slash WTL live interact with us live. If you have that Amazon Prime, as you mentioned, just click the proper rectangle on the blue screen. You can also use code RocketSock or Limbs and Ward and the Fortnite Diamond Shepherd Gadget Impact Store. Hashtag Partners. Tonight was supposed to be the Ramblers. It was just all about the Ramblers and that was it. That's it. That's all we were going to do. That's all it's... we needed. We were spending an hour, a little bit over an hour with you guys talking the best of 2022. And, and... and we were probably going to give this an award, what we're about to talk about. It was probably going to win an award. I mean, Vince is honestly just trying to go for 2023 at this point. Like, that's what he's trying to do. Yes, and then Vince McMahon happened. Vincent Five Ken- days. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Five days into the new year, y'all. Vince McMahon decides, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make some waves. So, I have a statement to read. Are you ready? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Greenwich, Connecticut, January 5th, 2023, PR Newswire. Fitz McMahon, the founder and controlling shareholder of World Wrestling Entertainment, Inc., WWE, or the company, announced today that he has taken necessary actions to position the company to capitalize on a unique opportunity to maximize long-term value for all WWE shareholders. The actions communicated to the WWE Board of Directors today via written consent included an election to the board of, Vince, of Mr. McMahon, as well as Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, former WWE co-presidents and board members, and currently the co-founders and co-CEOs of ISO's Capital Management, and the requested removal from the board of, director, the board of three directors. Mr. McMahon expects to assume the role of executive chairman of the board. Mr. McMahon's new role will be will enable unified decision-making through the company's upcoming media rights negotiations and a parallel full review of the company's strategic alternatives, which Mr. McMahon believes is the right course of action and in the best interest of WWE and WWE shareholders amidst the current dynamics in the media and entertainment industry. As Mr. McMahon has communicated to the board, he believes there is a narrow window of opportunity to create significant value for all shareholders and to do so, the strategic strategic alternatives review must occur in tandem with the media rights negotiation. He also expressed to the board that he believes those two initiatives require Mr. McMahon's direct participation, leadership, and support as controlling shareholder. WWE is, is, in, is entering a cr- critical juncture in the history with its upcoming media right negotiations concluded, co- coinciding with indis- increased industry-wide demand for quality content and live events, and with more companies seeking to own the intellectual property on their platform, said Mr. McMahon. The only way for WWE to fully capitalize on this opportunity is for me to return as executive chairman and support the management team in the negotiations for our media rights and to combine that with a review of strategic alternatives. My return will allow WWE as well as transaction counterparties to engage in these processes knowing that they'll have the full support of the controlling shareholder. Prior to delivering the ring consent, Mr. McMahon sent two separate letters to the board of direct the board in late December in which he expressed the urgency of his return to the company Yada the Yada the Yada. Which made Christmas so fucking awkward. I'm just gonna say it. It did. You know it did. Like this whole thing just made Christmas so awkward in the family. Okay. One other thing. Mm-hmm. I look forward to work closely again with Michelle and George, as well as the company's remaining directors and management team, who have my full support and confidence. WWE has an exceptional exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, 
or responsibilities, says Mr. McMahon. Bullshit. I'm gonna call bullshit on that right now. So, that's where we're at. So this is basically whipping your dick out because you can, at least in corporate speech. And we had a a question before the show started, which was, can he come back or can the board say no to him if they vote unanimously? The only way to stop him is if the board votes no. He has controlling interest of the company, so he can do what he wants. He also can hold them hostage because he has to agree to the media the media negotiations that are coming, which is basically all the TV deal contracts and a bunch of other stuff that's coming up for them. So if Vince does not agree to it, he can literally hold the company hostage, which, which, he, would, which he said he will, which he said he's going to do um, if they do not agree to let him do this, which again, this is him basically forcing his way back in after he was, I wouldn't say he was forced out. He was advised to leave, but he was, he was essentially pushed out of his own company. The question will be is if the board can put limitations on Vince in terms of the return, namely, namely that can he, that he's not allowed to come back in any kind of executive role, that he is strictly the chairman of the board or whatever, the executive chairman or whatever the fuck he's going to be. And it's purely for the negotiations and that's it. Like, I I don't know if they can limit him in any way, shape, or form. I doubt it. Once he returns as executive chairman of the board, Vince McMahon can do whatever he would like in his company because it's his company. And the problem is, he can put as many people on the board as he wants until he gets his way because he's Vince McMahon and he controls everything. Yeah. So he put two people on the board to say yes to whatever he wants. Who else will be removed and to, until he gets his way? Who knows? But he's making the power play five days into New Year. I don't know how I feel about this, honestly. Um, Actually, I don't think he can fire board members. He can remove them. Can he? Mm-hmm. So he gets his way, yeah. He's the that's why he can add people, or he can add seventeen people because they remove they remove three and they, he added two. Okay. So I he, didn't think he could remove. I didn't think he could do it. That basically by him adding people, the board would be forced to remove people. And but he could still add as many people as he wants to. Oh yeah, he can stack the deck. But yeah, that's what he's and that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Um, I here's the thing. I get it. Right, it's Vince's company. He feels like he got bad advice. He wants back in because Vince McMahon cannot be content with just being rich, right? Like, he can't be. He's seeing what's happening, and he's on the sidelines, and we all know what season we're heading into, which is WrestleMania season, and retrans, and all this other stuff that's coming up for WWE. It's the big time for the company, and this will be the first time the company will negotiate all of that without Vince. And he's still around, and he wants to be a part of it because I think, based on what he's saying in that press release, he does not believe that the team that is in place is going to know negotiate a good enough deal that makes everybody happy that's the message he's sending you can't do this without me you need me there to strong arm this deal here's the thing he was not involved in the last negotiation but he was still running the company he was running the company but he did not handle any of the, the major points of negotiations it was nick khan it was the chief financial officer and they hired an outside company to sell the tv rights well, we'll get to that, Lamans. Um, Here, here's, here's the thing with the roster. The whole roster's not going to do it because guess what? 90% of them love Vince. 
<laughs> like, that's the thing. They love Vince. Could they do the, you know, <laughs> they grew up on Vince. They're not gonna. Did they hate what some of the things he was doing? Probably, but guess what? They still love him. Still Vince McMahon. He's still Mr. McMahon, the kid. The, the guy who from the attitude era they grew up watching, who gave them their jobs. Other people who didn't get a job from Vince, that's a different story. But the people who got the jobs from Vince, they're Vince people. They'll they'll take the paycheck any way they can get it. Yeah, it's something... The morale was what it was. And the morale had a lot to do with people just getting fired left, right, and center. When a company, and I speak from as the voice of experience on this, when you watch layoffs, when you watch high turnover at your company, and you just watch person after person after person, especially very, very talented, capable people leave or get let go, it is incredibly demoralizing. Because like, what the fuck? You kept, you let that person go, but you kept somebody else that maybe you feel is not as capable, but you know, you're biased because of your opinion. That's what was going on in WWE. They were doing a rash of firings and some of them were justified. Some of them were not justified. One year. A lot of them were not justified. No. One year ago, the morale in World Wrestling Entertainment coming out of the Royal Rumble was at the lowest point it's ever been in a long time. Where they were. They were in a bad spot a year ago. Now here we are. They're uplifted and positive and everyone's very happy. And I'm sure there is an underlying concern especially for people who have just been brought back. Oh yeah, there is. That Vince is going to come back in and he's going to basically clean house again and he's going to get rid of everybody that Hunter brought back regardless of value or no value. That's why I have to wonder if the way that they're going to counteract Vince is that they stipulated that he cannot do certain things within the company, even though he is majority shareholder. Because I think that's what they did with the uh, Papa John's guy, right? Because he tried to come back in. I don't know the story. I don't know. But, the de- I never I didn't follow the details enough. I think a lot of it also depends on what the deal was that Vince agreed to when he stepped down. And if there are any limitations on that um but obviously he will he will force his way back in one way or another he will do it because he they're not going to let him hold the company hostage for the sake of the tv rights they need the tv rights that's what keeps the the company going that's how they're flush with cash are those tv deals and their media rights they need those so and vince knows that so he could literally bankrupt his own company if he so desired if they don't do what they're what he wants them to do that's what he's basically threatening is he will fucking bankrupt wwe it may take a while but he'll do it and nobody wants that so it's a question of is it worth what's what's worse bringing men's back or bankrupting and ending wwe good question um there are rumors of a sale yeah that's part of it he want that's that's whatever the wording he used as far as the sale the alter the strategic alternative that's selling the company because you're going to tie the rights deal to a possible sale of the company so you get more money and you sell to a you sell to a media company that is looking to own all the assets of world wrestling entertainment from the li- the library to your live pay- premium live events to your television you're going to sell it all so that you get bigger part payday and then the company who gets it do whatever they want with it and they can make all the money too yeah and that's when you're looking at somebody like an nbc universal or a disney swinging in and potentially buying wwe because i know there was interest on both sides mm-hmm. they've all to wanted get them they've all wanted the comp- pieces of the company at some point because they there's money in world wrestling entertainment the library alone the content that is available in the library is worth quite a lot of money 
Never mind the the already established like programming, the set advertisers and the money that they're making off the set advertisers, all the crossover deals, everything that they have in place. Like WWE has a very robust portfolio that is very, very attractive to media companies, especially right now as they're trying to figure out streaming versus live TV and where all that's going because it's sort of waffling, but nobody really knows what's going on. I mean, Iger could do it. He could because he, 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 he would know value. So this dude, dude, no, imagine going to fucking Disney World and there's a WWE land. The Undertaker ride. Um, the Undertaker, the Undertaker, they could give more control. So WME, I am uh, Endeavor purchase UFC for $4 billion. This WWE is worth a lot more than that. So... What is WWE's current value? Who knows? I don't know what their current value is, but you're going to have to... You're going to buy... It's not whatever their value is that you triple that from what they have to sell it for because their value doesn't include their library. Mm -mm. You're paying $2 billion for TV already. So just for TV alone and... And then the premium live events was another billion. The company itself is probably worth 30, 40 billion. Um, let's see. I just saw it. Stock price is at $70 a share. Let's see. As of 2022, WD's market capitalization is listed at 4.89 billion. Yeah, stock billions. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more than that. They're going to get a lot more than that. If UFC got 4 billion, it's going to be, we're going to be in an unprecedented time if WWE gets sold. It will be it will be interesting to see what happens if WWE does get sold. Um, I would hope that whoever buys them, which I'm going to put my money honestly on NBC Universal, I think they're going to go for it just because with the deal with Peacock and the fact that WWE and NBC are essentially already in bed with each other, that it makes complete sense for them to buy it. That they basically buy it, they leave Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H in place if they want to stay, and you just let WWE do its thing. Like, it's already a very profitable company. You don't need to go in and cut costs or do anything like that to it. Um, you just kind of buy it and let it run. And it's a re- it is a turnkey property, which is very, 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 very attractive to people. The last thing you want to do is buy a company, you know, kind of like what happened with Twitter, where they slowed it with debt and then you're trying to bail it out. Um, WWE is turning a profit. They're turning a very nice profit. They're heading into WrestleMania season, which is, you know, their highest grossing time of the year. It's wrestling Christmas. So it's anybody's it's anybody's guess what people want to do there. But I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. This is me. And this is because I have no concept of Vince McMahon's wealth. But fuck, dude, you're 70 something years old. You've given your whole life to this business. Your whole life, you've worked for the last 40 years, if not more, to get to where you are. And you can't sit back and fucking enjoy it. You can't enjoy the time and the money. Or you can't even find by... You can't even find something else to do, you know? He's bored. He's bored. Oh, I know he can't accept that WWE's doing better without him. It's all ego. It's all basically, (laughs) I'm going to wave my dick around and come back in because I can. Because he feels like he got bad advice. Stock went up $20 since he retired. $20 a share since he left. Went up more today. Yeah, because they know it's a sale, so it's... If he were just coming back to negotiate a sale, like if he sent the indication to the board that I want to sell my majority stock in the company, that's one thing. And that's fine. He has all rights to just sit on the board, listen in on Zoom calls, go to meetings, shake some hands, kiss some babies. That's cool. 
Say, hey, yeah, I, I think this is a good deal. If that's all he wants to do, then 100% Vince McMahon, do your thing. Yeah, but we all know Vince. If Vince McMahon wants to come back and be WWE chairman of the board, CEO and all these things, and take over the television again, then that's where you're going to have an interesting fight. I hope it's just I want to sit on a Zoom call. I want to sit in on the meetings. I want to hear all the stories. Please keep me involved. Then you'll get my blessing. Then that's that's a Vince McMahon you we're good with. Well, I mean, here's the thing. is the owner of the company, he can insist on that anyway. Like, he doesn't need to be on the board to be a part of that in, that discussion. It's his company. If he wants to sit in on the fucking calls, he can sit in on the fucking calls. Like, they, they, don't, they don't really have a right to tell him no, that it's not your business. It's absolutely his business. Literally. It's his business. It's his business, but to make it a united front, he wants to be officially official. He wants to have the ring put back on it. He's tired mm. of being a single lady. Well, as much as we all don't want it, this is going to get his way. Let's just, like you said, let's just hope it ends here, that he doesn't worm his way back into creative, that he doesn't worm his way back into controlling the company, that he just keeps his hands off everything else, which we know won't happen. <laughs> With WrestleMania coming, we know that won't happen. Yeah... That's the thing. Like the the timing of this is especially interesting with them heading right at Royal Rumble and right at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Sad season again. He wants back in for Mania because this would have been this the it, first this... Rumble, the first Mania without Vince. It still is. It still is, but that he would have no creative control, that he would have nothing to do with it. Um, and yeah, now he may have something to do with it. We'll see. But fuck, man, I just you could, all you had to do was enjoy being rich. That's it. Kids. All you had to do. That's that's it. You just as we billions seen, of dollars. We've seen with the Twitter guy. You can't just enjoy being rich. Like fuck, man, give me your money, then I'll go enjoy being rich. I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, I say we go to break. I say we go to break too. So when we come back, we are gonna do the Ramblin' Awards. We are gonna talk all about 2022, and we're going to give out some very shiny, pretty, invisible awards. So you're listening to the Rack right here on MalltalkRadio.com, and we will be right back. What is the greatest of all time? Saturday nights, we decide from sports, video games, movies, and even the X-rated. You help us decide what is the greatest of all time. It is the greatest and great debate, a part of your Saturday night. Event. CB Radio. Saturday night, midnight to Houston, on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Are you following us on twitch.tv slash WTR live? Do you have Amazon Prime? If so, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe to our Twitch channel for free with Twitch Prime. It's the easiest way to help support us for free. Every Monday night, once Monday Night Raw ends, the Raw Post Show goes live. You want to hear a story? Give me a hell yeah! Join Lindsay and Sir Rockin' as they give their opinions on what they liked, what, what they didn't like, 
What? And what left them completely confused. What? It's the Raw Post Show. What? Monday nights. What? 11 p.m. Eastern. What? Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. And that's the bottom line. Did you know you can use Creator Code Rock and sock in the Fortnite item shop? That's R O. C K N S O C K in the Fortnite item shop. Hashtag ad because we are a hashtag epic partner. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you are listening to the Rack Radio Show on Wild Talk Radio. Right here on wildtalkradio.com, brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out at youtube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on rockradioshow.com, wildtalkradio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. If you're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down at the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. And now we are back. For the original intent of this show, 36 minutes in, to talk the Ramblins. And with that... It's time for the 2023 Ramblin' Awards. (laughs) Celebrating the best in sports and entertainment in 2022. From the most shocking to the sweetest and most noteworthy moments, along with the hardest carries of the year. Now your presenters of the 2023 Ramblin' Awards, Lindsay Ward and Sir Rockin'. Fancy production. I mean, it's I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> We have a screen with an award. We have a whole intro. We, Produ- we going high tech, y'all. Production value. Hey. And this pro- is the second annual, third annual? Third annual. Third annual Ramblin' Awards. Oh, last year's were so sad. That's right, because we thought we were never going to see Ramblin' Rabbit ever again. And we still haven't. Well, we saw a human version yeah, of him. We saw a human. Yeah, I mean, that's not the same. We're not going to see the puppets again. No. Well, you never know. It would be cool if we did. Actually, cool. no, we did see them. We did. They were all covered in dust. That's true. 
So we did technically see Ramblin again one more time, but I doubt we're going to see them unless like Alexis shows up in the funhouse, mm-hmm. which would be hilarious if Bray somehow or Uncle Howdy somehow imprisons her in the funhouse. But anyway, that's not why we're here. That's totally not why we're here. We're here to give out awards, and in irony of ironies, we talked about Vince McMahon for 36 minutes, and we're about to talk about Vince McMahon some more. So, Uncle Howdy's most noteworthy moment of the year. This is the newest category in the Ramblin' Awards. It's the first time we're ever giving out the Uncle Howdy Award, because Uncle Howdy never existed until three months ago. And we had to create a special category for these, because they literally fit nowhere else. They fit nowhere else, yes. But they they deserve to be recognized because they are, in fact, incredibly noteworthy. And your nominees are the All Out Brawl, the infamous brawl featuring the Elite and CM Punk and Friends at an AEW pay-per-view. All Out. All Out. (laughs) Thus the All Out Brawl. So thus the all out brawl. That is our first nominee. We just got done talking about it. Vince McMahon retires from WWE. Hmm. Huh. We're gonna have to add an asterisk next to that if he comes back. Um, Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. That was a moment. That was a moment. Triple H takes over WWE. He sure has. And Ric Flair wrestles his final in quotations match. All noteworthy. We'll, we'll see if it holds. We'll see if it holds. I mean, we thought Vince McMahon retiring would hold, and well, here we are. Um, here we are. <laughs> Vince and, and Hunter are kind of tied in the same, like, hey, one link to the other. Flair doing that match where he stopped taking heart medicine and just fell asleep and passed out or whatever you want to say <laughs> during his final match. It got people talking. One thing I'll say about Ric Flair's final match, it got everybody in wrestling talking, whether you wanted to see it or not. You knew about it. You talked about it. You heard what happened, which makes it noteworthy. I don't want to encourage him any more than we have to. We're not, we're, I'm, not, I'm just saying, if he defied noteworthy, he his, that was one of the more noteworthy things. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor was, hey, I need something because I said, hey, I'm making a huge, major, stupid announcement on te- television. So... Hype me, please. So he bought Rick Honor and has had eight months to figure out what to do with it. And as we've learned, he's ru- ruined part of his television show to get Ring of Honor over and didn't sell a TV deal. So, because no one knows what Ring of Honor is, even though it was on AEW. And again, AEW thinks it's bigger than it is. But that's besides the point. Um, nice WWE stage. Um, but that was noteworthy because Ring of Honor then became successful in, in the pay-per-view business for whatever Ring of Honor is successful as. And then there's the All Out Brawl, which, you know, um, took the savior of wrestling and put him back in the closet till he gets brought, dusted off again and wrestles somewhere else. <laughs> They're all noteworthy. In and of themselves. I would agree with that. I think it honestly comes down really to two. And we all know what the two are, which are the all-out brawl and Vince McMahon retiring. Hunter taking over, we all kind of knew that was going to happen. Yes and no. no. Yes and no, based on health. Based on health, but in some capacity, we all knew that Hunter and Steph at some point would take control of WWE in a fashion. Yes. Um, what nobody expected was Vince McMahon retiring very suddenly in August, and really how it happened in the middle of a sex scandal. Like, no one ever thought, and when I say no one, I mean me, ever thought that that would happen. Like, I mean, not the sex scandal. I honestly thought Vince was going to die at the wheel. 
And, you know. He still may. Still may. I hope not, for his sake, but that, like, literally Vince would never retire because he's so... He was so embedded into WWE that it's very difficult to remove him. And as we've seen, it really wasn't as difficult as we all thought. Um, Things just had to line up perfectly for it to happen. Yeah. Well, it also shows that there was, in fact, a succession plan in place, which... Which is funny because Stephanie left the company and had to be come back to the company because of everything. Yeah. Like, she was going to take a vacation and they're like, nope, we need you to come back. She's like, God damn it. Like, she was out. She was going to probably take a nice, easy job out of the company, still make the bank, and, well, then her father was like, <laughs> Oops. Oops. So, yeah. And then there's the all-out brawl. Which changed the face of a company, because they built a co- they were rebuilding a company around CM Punk. Legitimately, he was going to be the face of the company, and he would, they, they put all their chips in the CM Punk bag. Which was not smart. Not smart, but it's what they wanted to do, and Tony Khan knew the risk, and, well... Here we are. I say this goes to Vince McMahon retiring. That's my choice. If we're going for noteworthy and we're going for the biggest noteworthy moment, I would say honestly Vince takes all. It's because Vince, it's Vince the McMahon. All out, huh? It's Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon. It's he is a pardon the pun titan of the industry and nobody ever thought that he was going to retire. Nobody. Like everybody was just absolutely gobsmacked when it ha- when it got announced and when it happened. Uh, in terms of the all out brawl, it was big news. Like it was major news because it basically it humiliated AEW and Tony Khan specifically on a national scale, where it showed that essentially Tony Khan does not have control of that company, at least at that point. And the basically shitstorm that followed it showed exactly what's going on with AEW internally, which is a very worrying and still worrying to this day thing. Um, him buying Re- Tony buying Ring of Honor, I think we were all expecting that. It was rumored for a long time. Again, Hunter, we already talked about, and then Ric Flair wrestling his final match. The fact that that got encouraged, people should be ashamed of themselves. Um, making that or encouraging that man to 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 do that because he shouldn't have. But anyway, so your winner of Uncle Huddy's most noteworthy moment, Vince McMahon retires from WWE. Woo! And then comes back. Well, well, for the year that we talked about, he did not come back. For the year that we talked about, he did not come back. But for 2023, that's going on the board. Vince McMahon returns to WWE. <laughs> and put it down. Yeah. So, moving on to Bludgeon Brothers Team of the Year. We have your nominees. The New Day, The Usos, FTR, Pretty Deadly, The Creed Brothers, RK Bro, and The Acclaimed. Let's see. Anyway. Um, Pretty Daily and the Creed Brothers had a really, both teams had really good years in NXT and NXT UK and, and then sort of worked their way up and they became credible teams throughout the year. Both held the NXT tag team titles, both have been involved heavily in the in the, that division. They both are up and coming teams and should do well going forward. RK Bro started the year off really, really strong. The, the team that we thought wouldn't exist continue to exist until Randy got hurt in, in late May, early June. RK Bro won the, this award last year, by the way. Um, the Usos, the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE, defeating the New Day's record. New Day, the constant staple of the tag team division. The Acclaimed went from, well, they're just jokes on the on AEW Dark, and to a meteoric rise and became the AEW World Tag Team Champions and got the crowd behind them from the rapping 
They're scissoring and their daddy asses, and they became a hot act for that company. So one thing you can look at in AEW and go, that's homegrown mm-hmm. and very successful. Even if scissoring, the phrase scissoring me daddy, scissor me daddy ass is very stupid. Um, Just use lube first. <sighs> and then there's FTR. The former Revival have dominated tag team wrestling in 2022. They won belts in... New Japan Pro Wrestling, they were the IWGP Tag Team Champions, they were the AAA Tag Team Champions, and they were also the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They held those all belts together and may have become the AEW Tag Team Champions at some point, but was not to be. But they held three belts, three different tag team titles in a year. That right there earns very much success in a tag team mm-hmm. division. Do they have any of those belts now? Uh, no, but they held them for the majority of 2022, so that's... Yeah, but there's a p- possible reason why they don't have those belts anymore. And they lost them all within a month. Uh, so, you know, that's beside the point, Ash. No one... It, it, it's a hand no, motion. no, no, it's not! No, it's not. It goes both ways. I'm just going to say that. It's a hand motion at this point for them. Um, it's a hand motion in the other thing, too. <laughs> I was trying to keep it clean. He brought up lesbian sex. <sighs> Back to the Bludgeon Brothers Tag Team of the Year. To me, it's FTR or the Usos. The Usos have been a constant of the bloodline. They have been a constant in WWE, as has New Day and Abito Randy's Energy, RK Bro. I feel like RK Bro kind of has to get disqualified based on the fact that Randy did get injured and has been gone for quite a number of months now. Um and so he was not there for the full entirety of twenty twenty two. Um the Cree brothers have had a struggle. Pretty deadly has been very successful. I don't necessarily care for the acclaimed but they have become homegrown talents they have created a very successful act and they should be applauded for doing that is one of the hottest things AEW has right now and then there's there's ftr Mm -hmm. who is the definition of tag team wrestling who were in wwe kind of got a had a rough ride in wwe left the company and reinvented themselves on the indies and in AEW. and they have been everywhere they have been dominant they have won titles they have lost titles but one thing remains is that they are consistent and in what they do there has never been any talk of splitting ftr they are when you think of tag team in pure aesthetic they are that like you could look up a textbook de- definition of an old school tag team and ftr's there no flips just fists so it's hard to pick between ftr and the usos it really 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 is i mean the I think what edges FTR out is just that they have done more. Yes. And that's no offense to the Usos at all, but they are limited. They are limited in what is available to them. And what was difficult in 2022 is that the tag team division in WWE was not that strong. It's still not that strong. It's getting better. They're building it back. But the Usos have held the tag team titles, the United tag team titles, and they've held the tag team titles ever since. FTR, they have been in multiple companies. They have held multiple titles. They have fought some of the best tag teams in the wrestling industry on the whole. Like, y- you gotta give it to FTR. I'm with the FTR as the Bludgeon Brothers Tag Team of the Year. Ding! Huskus's sweetest moment. And I like that we actually went, like, sweet awe. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the idea behind it. So your nominees are CM Punk wins a world championship after eight long years in professional wrestling. I mean, it made people happy. Well, it did make people happy. Sami Zayn gets accepted into the bloodline. Made people happy. Made people exceptionally happy. The Undertaker gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and launches a speaking career. It made people cry. In a good way. Because it was the death of our childhood. Ugh. <laughs> uh... For the ironic nature of it, CM Punk wins a world champion. It is a sweet moment for the fan base who is all in on the CM Punk movement. They were happy. They were excited. They were ecstatic. CM Punk brought them all back to wrestling, and he won a world championship. That was a huge moment. Then he got hurt, and, and, and then he came back. Then he got hurt again and had a brawl. And, well, it was not the summer of Punk he hoped. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't. I have to say this. Honestly, I feel like Punk's title win would have been a lot sweeter if they had not waited so long to put it on him. This is a very hotly debated item in AEW, and I understand promises were made to specific people within AEW, within the elite, that they were going to hold titles. However, just from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, when you have, and I don't mean this to sound mean, a commodity like CM Punk, who is a big, big name, probably one of the biggest signings AEW has had up until that point, when you have someone like that making their return, excuse me, to professional wrestling, making their return after being gone, it's a huge moment. And I understand Punk did not want to come back and do like Lowell won the title right when he comes back, but the fact that they waited so long on Punk just kind of lessens that moment just a little bit. It was cool, but it was also expected. And it would have been expected had they done it sooner, because it's basically like, you're not going to have seen Punk go for the title and lose, right? Like, you can't do that. Not after eight years. See, that would have been the better story to tell. Would have been the better story to tell, but they didn't do it. Um, So to me, especially with him losing it, what, like two days after he won it because he got hurt? He got He came, wrestled on TV, and then gave it up like a week or so later, yeah. Yeah, like he didn't even have the run with the title. Like, he he, he, he literally... Ju- he jumped into the crowd and got hurt. He was... The, he had it for a cup of coffee, and that's it. Um... So, to me, it's a sweet moment, but there there is a sweeter moment. Yeah, it's 100% Sami Zayn. It's 100% Sami Zayn. Like, The Undertaker was a sweet moment, and he gave a wonderful speech. He looked fly as hell in his suit. They did the perfect send-off for Taker in terms of putting him in the Hall of Fame, in terms of giving him all the honors and and respect that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Max story that is Sami Zayn in the bloodline, the saga, the fact that Sa- that they built and built and built and built and built to that moment of Sami Zayn finally be- being fully accepted into the bloodline. And just the reaction that it got when Roman's like, take off that shirt because I got another one for you. And just the reaction and the way the whole thing was done. Mm-hmm. The build up to it of Sammy trying to work his way in with the Usos, work his way in with with Roman, trying to win and earn their trust. And when he finally does it, it was just a perfectly well-told, well-executed story that you still remember. Because it's still happening. Because it's still happening. It's still going on, but you remember that. Like, you remember what happened in that. And that's that's how you know it's good, because you remember it. Because out of all the shit that happens in wrestling, right? Like, all the storylines, all the drama, all the bullshit, right? That sticks out. That's how you know it was good. Because it sticks out. At least for me. 
Because whenever we have to put these awards together, I sit here and I'm like, mine just goes blank because there's so much that happens. So the fact that this sticks out, that's your winner. The winner of the Huskus Sweetest Moment of the Year goes to Sammy Zane gets accepted into the bloodline. And now he's on a t-shirt. And now he's on a t-shirt. And he's officially a part of the bloodline. Until he's not in 2023. Um. Yeah. All right, next one. Up next, we have the, oh, have mercy, shocking moment. Karrion Cross returns to WWE and attacks Drew McIntyre. Ronda Rousey returns and wins the Royal Rumble. Liv Morgan cashes in Money in the Bank to win the Women's Championship. Cody Rhodes wrestles Seth Rollins with a torn peck. Sami Zayn gets caught in a mousetrap. Brock Lesnar uses a forklift to lift up the ring at SummerSlam. Bianca Belair cuts Becky Lynch's hair, and Brock Lesnar F5s Austin Theory off the top of the chamber. We're going Cody, right? I, uh, I don't know. You don't know? See, I'm torn between Cody and Brock and the forklift. See, to me, the Brock and the forklift wasn't so much shocking as it was funny. But it was also shocking because you never saw it, thought it would happen. Like, to me, that's like, holy shit, oh my god, that... That's shocking. Cody Rhodes, also Cody Rhodes taking off the thing, the, the jacket and revealing the, the giant bruise. Also, holy shit, oh my god, shocking. That's where I'm torn. Bianca cutting Becky's his hair, that was that was a cool moment. Set up Becky's spiral for a while. Brock's F5 was shocking off the top of the chamber because he killed Austin Theory. Yeah. Liv Morgan cashing in was shocking because she did it on Ronda. No one thought that would happen. Ronda returning and winning the rubble wasn't on many people's minds. Karrion returning, eh, it was shocking, but not a big of a surprise. Um, and Sammy in the mousetrap was just pure funny. Um, See, to me, Cody wrestling Seth with the torn pack was incredibly shocking for a lot of reasons. Because with the way WWE is with their health policy, the fact that they let Cody wrestle was fairly shocking. Because nobody knew if that match was going to go ahead. Because you heard that the, t- the pack was torn. There were a lot of questions if they were going to let Cody do it. And then when they're like, yeah, he's going to go ahead and wrestle. Under the understanding that he can't make it any worse because it's already torn. Um... So then it's like, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that gruesome. And then he takes the jacket off and you just see it. the wash of purple and gray and black and yellow and just the massive bruise that is his peck and his shoulder. And you're like, oh, God. And then he proceeds to wrestle a match with it where they're using it in the match. And it's like one of those really uncomfortable sort of moments. Like we talked all about it where it was like it just made the match very, very, very uncomfortable because the injury is real. You know the injury is real. Mm -hmm. And you know the pain that you're seeing anytime that injury gets messed with is real. And it just it breaks that fourth wall enough that you're like, oh, God. I can't enjoy this because it's real. Like, that's the whole reason why we watch wrestling, right? Is because it's sports entertainment. You're watching people get beat up, but it's not real, right? Because there there would be bruises and blood and all kinds of things everywhere if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, there that doesn't happen, you can enjoy it because you're like, at the end, the person's going to be okay, if everything goes right. The fact that Cody was not going to be okay, and he was still going to have to go have surgery, it made it just a really kind of shocking and disjointing and uncomfortable thing. Yeah, At I, least for me. I can give you Cody. I can give you Cody. So your winner of the Oh Have Mercy shocking moment, Cody Rhodes wrestles Seth Rollins with a torn back. Before we move on to our next category, 
This is where I like to remind everyone, hey, you're listening to the third annual Ramblin' Awards, live right here on the rack on the Wild Talk Radio Network at twitch.tv slash Live. If you have that Amazon Prime, you can link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Gaming. You can support the channel by just clicking that purple rectangular button below the screen. I know everyone out there must have an Amazon account. Your mother might, your father, your brother, your stepson, your stepsister, your, your third aunt from another marriage might have one. Who knows? Third aunt from another marriage. <laughs> Someone has one. Take it. Use it. Steal Jeff Bezos' money. Support the channel. Click that purple rectangular button below the screen. Oh, did you hear that the guy that did the Jeffrey Bezos song released like a CD? <laughs> That's cool. You can also use credit code RocketSock or Lynn's M Ward in the Fortnite item shop. Buy your Star Wars or whatever other skins are in the shop and other things. Because hashtag Epic Partner. Ding! All right, moving on. Yowie wowie, the biggest surprise for 2022. And we have Cody Rhodes returns to WWE. Steve Austin wrestles Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. The White Rabbit Chase leads to Bray Wyatt returning to WWE. Johnny Gargano returns on Monday Night Raw. So, we did a category about 15 minutes ago called the Noteworthy Moment of the Year, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that Steve Austin, after 19 years away and retired, is not a noteworthy moment tells you what kind of year 2022 was. It was a little crazy. Like, he is a footnote in the return in history because of it. And that's not his fault. It's just wrestling was weird. The other one we didn't add, I just thought about, it, was MGF walking out after after uh, Double or Nothing. <laughs> that was noteworthy. Even that, that's a footnote compared to everything that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of everything else, especially going on at that point, because that was, like, right after Brawl for all yeah no that was right that was the month before it so it's like it got overshadowed his return was that all out oh that's right the walkout was right after um but yeah cody coming from aew where we we did a whole segment no he's not gonna show, show up i mean it'd be cool if he shows up at the rumble and then february hit it was like yep i'm leaving and i'm heading back to wwe so uh here we are and everyone was like it was one of those things we know it's cody but is if, if it isn't, because we sat here and previewed it, it's like, we all know it's Cody fighting Seth. We all know it. But what if it's not? And then he showed up, his music hit, big ass pop. Steve Austin wrestling Kevin Owens. Again, they they labeled it Kevin Owens KO Show. It was never a match until it became a match. We all thought it would be a match, but it was never listed as match until three seconds before the bell rang. Johnny was cool, big pop in Toronto, and the White Rabbit took over the internet. See, for me, it comes down to, and everybody's going to be absolutely legitimately shocked by this, to me it actually comes down to Johnny and Steve, because the White Rabbit chase was really, really, really cool, and very well executed by WWE, but we all knew it was Bray. We all knew it was fucking Bray. Even if I was in denial for three months about it, we all knew it was Bray. <laughs> and you were. And I was, because I, I was not going to believe it. I was not going to throw it out into the universe until that, till he walked out on my TV. Because it's like, no, no, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to invest in it because it could be Bray. It's entirely possible it could be Bray. But I've been hurt before and I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out of hurt. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. So to me, the white rabbit chase just does not have the same level of impact. Same thing with Cody. We all knew it was Cody. It was a really cool moment to see, but it was kind of an expected thing. The Steve Austin stuff was 
holy shit, is Austin actually going to wrestle? Is he actually going to do the thing? Because it was, from what I hear, very undecided until like last minute, whether he was or he wasn't. Whether it was going, he was always going to fight. Whether it became a match or not, took some, no conv- one- it took some convincing and not many people knew. Kevin did. But not many other people knew until very late in the ballgame. Yeah, so that was a legitimately shocking moment because it's you watch Austin take a bump, you watch Austin have an actual match. And it was like, oh my god, after 19 years, there's Steve Austin again. Um, and then the other one is Johnny, which nobody knew he was coming back. Nobody knew what was going on. People nope. were speculating on, on super hard, but like <laughs> Johnny Gargano just rolling up in Toronto and being like, hey, what's happening? Everyone thought he was headed to AEW when they were in Ohio. Yeah, everybody thought he was going to be there. He didn't show up. He showed up in Toronto and it's like, oh, snap. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a legitimately shocking moment because nobody was expecting it. And WWE snuck him into a whole ass country with nobody watching. Yeah. Like, nobody knew he was there. But, but, yeah, it's Steve Austin, though. Yeah, I got to give it to Steve Austin. (laughs) It's Stone Cold 19 years. Like, that was just, that's pure nostalgia, that's pure everything, where you just sit there and you're a kid again and you're watching Steve Austin wrestle, and you're like, yeah! And plus that match was such a clusterfuck anyway. <laughs> it was good, <laughs> it though. Was like, it was just so entertaining. Yeah, and then the next night, him and Vince, and Vince's final WrestleMania. And, yeah, yeah. With Pat McAfee and everything, yeah. Yeah, and Vince knew it was his final WrestleMania, too. Mm-hmm. At, At least for the, that time being! In-ring. Last in-ring. In-ring. But we'll see what happens. All right, next one. Moving on to Abby's most spellbinding match. Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul at Crown Jewel. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, Gunter versus Sheamus at Clash at the Castle, Women's War Games, Survivor Series, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match at WrestleMania Backlash. I have two. I have a couple. My first is Johnny and Sammy. That is the most maligned match in wrestling, and it was so goddamn entertaining. Was it a technical masterpiece? <laughs> no. Hell no. But was it an entertaining match from start to finish? Hell yeah. Mother, my other one is Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Those are my two choices. See, for me, I have to give it up for Gunter versus Sheamus. That was just a war. Oh, I don't disagree. And then I have to go with Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. Just because I know people don't like him here, but Logan Paul showed up and showed out at Crown Jewel and did, I think, far better than anybody ever expected him to. Like, nobody expected that match to be as good as it was. I don't even think they expected that match to be as good as it was. Again, it kept you interested from start to finish. It was noteworthy. It was, it was incredibly noteworthy. Yeah, we know, Ash. We know he is. But just he, he don't, did... don't start going off on him in chat, okay? Just, just stay calm. He did what he was supposed to do, and guess what? In three months, he'll do it again. Yep, because this is where he tore his ACL. Or he hurt he, himself. He tore his, he injured his MCL, no ACL tear. Okay, alright. But yeah, he hurt himself here in this match. And still wrestled for 15 more minutes. And still wrestled for 15 more minutes. I mean, if I have to pick between the two that I have, I have to give it to Roman and Logan. I have to. And since that was one of my two, that's the winner. Because that's, hey! that's the one we agree on the most. Like, Cody and Seth, really good. Bianca and Becky, really good. War Games, really good. Charlotte Ronda, it, it was a good match. Brock and Roman was a really good match at SummerSlam. But from an entertainment standpoint, this match, Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, 
it just, it was really like. When you talk about viral moments. Pure spectacle is what yeah, it was. This, that, like the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match was pure spectacle, but it was also slapstick spectacle. Yeah. And in terms of remembering that match, I don't remember a lot about that match. Like that, that goes for pretty much every match on this list. I don't know. I, there's not a lot that stands out. What stands out for me with the Roman Logan match is the dive with the phone onto the table and that just going viral. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's why it wins because it's, that stands out to me. All right. Final two. All right, your female hard carry of the year. Your nominees are Bianca Belair, Britt Baker, Becky Lynch, Rhea, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Roxanne Perez, Mandy Rose, and Tony Storm. So Roxanne went from being Cora Jade's partner to breaking out and becoming the NXT Women's Champion. Speaking of NXT Women's Champion, she was the longest reigning champion for... Or, one of the longest reigning champions in NXT history. She held the title for over a year before she lost it to Roxanne and began a new career. But her work there is well-deserved. She had a fantastic year. Tony Storm was a breakout star in AEW. She picked up the ball when other people decided to drop it, and she ran with it all summer and has been a very strong asset to the AEW Women's Division. And then there's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who has always been a constant in that women's division. He's taken a step back, but has also dominated the women's division, and it's been a hard carry for them because she is, once again, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And then you have the women on WWE, Liv Morgan. She won money in the bank, became the women's champion. You have Rhea Ripley, who, who was on pace to become a women's champion. She's had a breakout year in terms of character development with the Judgment Day because she became went from just being, you know, it's Rhea Ripley, you know, with no direction to having a full-on strong direction and becoming one of the more entertaining characters. And the reason why Judgment Day is a success on WWE television. And then there's Br- Becky Lynch, the man. She she was a hard carry. She won the belt. Uh, she held the belt through into WrestleMania. She's delivered anytime she's ever been in the ring. She's she was a very strong character for Monday Night Raw and helped carry that show with Bianca Belair, who is still one of the longer reigning champions in WWE right now, holding that title since WrestleMania. She had the comeback story of, hey, I did everything, I got here, and here we are. I have, I'm down to two, but I want to hear your two first, or three, or whoever you have. Honestly, to me, it's kind of coming down to Rhea and Bianca, and Mandy. I can give it to Mandy as well, because all things aside with Mandy, she picked up NXT, she carried it on her back. And she was the face of the brand for the majority, if not all, of 2022. Um, Tony Storm had a good summer, but I don't think it quite compares to some of the other ladies on this list. Roxanne Perez had a good end of 2022. She got really strong at the end of 2022, but she didn't have a good front half where she was kind of getting established and working her way into NXT. And then she built up to where she is now. Liv Morgan... God love her. Um, it was a great moment 
to see her win the title. She came into her own. She definitely broke out a little bit, but I think it was a little too little too late on her. Um, just because we'd had the disappointments earlier in the year and they had to build back up to that moment of her cashing in Money in the Bank. Like it was a huge moment when she won the Money in the Bank. It was a huge moment when she took the title from Rhonda. But ultimately, it just kind of fizzled. And it didn't turn out to be, I think, what all of us wanted it to be. And she's just kind of fizzled ever since. Rhea, God, Rhea, she had a breakout 2022 holy shit and she's just gonna keep going in 23 like she will be somebody to watch in 2023 becky becky's becky she's consistent brit is brit she's consistent bianca got the title at mania and has carried that company all through 2022 she was doing it before Mm -hmm. where they did the whole story starting at SummerSlam in 21 with becky lynch and they built to bianca versus becky at WrestleMania where Bianca won the title and she's looking at making it almost a full calendar year if she can make it to April with the title. Like, to me, there is one and it's Bianca. I'm down to Bianca and Mandy. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. I'll give you a reason why not Rhea. Because you you are putting Rhea over. While she's had character growth, she has not had that big moment yet. Mm Mm-mm. So until she gets that big moment, which will come this year, she was she's more of a breakout rather than a hard carry. If we had no, but if we had such an award, which we don't, that's we good. We could, but we don't. Honorary mention: Breakout of the Year, Rhea Ripley. There you go. Um, as you mentioned, Bianca has carried the Monday Night Raw brand as its champion. But the same can be said about Mandy. She became the focal point of a women's division that needed to be rebuilt, and she took on challenger after challenger after challenger after challenger. And made every match that she was in feel important for the NXT brand because she became a star. And that's what they always saw in her as a star. She had some struggles getting past certain people on the main roster because there was a ceiling of, well, she's not Becky, she's not Bailey, she's not Sasha, she's not Charlotte. She's just, she's just Mandy, right? Mm -hmm. She never could break through with the character she was doing. She came down to NXT, she became the star attraction. Uh, that's why I would go Mandy over Bianca, but I wouldn't be mad going Bianca either. So it's up to you. I don't know. It's because they both had meteoric rises. Like That's the thing. Like Mandy, I almost want to give it to Mandy just because she did just a little bit more. Because NXT was in the process of rebuilding. And like you said, the women's division in NXT needed a carry. And she picked it up. She reinvented herself. She did the group. She was the face of the brand. And she carried, really carried the brand, not just the division, the whole ass brand. But the same thing can be said as well for Bianca. Like Bianca, she got that title and she became the face of WWE. She has carried WWE on her back. She's one of the best assets they have in terms of that company. When when they send her out to do goodwill work, oh, yeah. she's amazing. She is. Um, Here's the argument against Bianca. She's still who she was a year prior, which was really good. Mandy has shown growth over time. She has car- she carried an entire brand on her shoulders. I think that puts her over Bianca just slightly. I think. Yeah, I almost I almost have to give it to Mandy over Bianca just because, like I said, Mandy just did a little bit more. So Mandy Rose is your female hard card of the year, and well, won't be next year. Um, she'll win other awards. In other she might games. be a hard carry in another category. Ayo. Your <laughs> male hard carry of the year. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, John Moxley, Seth Rollins, MJF, and Braun Breaker. 
Okay. This this is an eclectic group. It is an eclectic group. Okay, Braun Breaker carried the NXT male division as its champion. He's lost it a couple one time, regained it back, and he's been carrying the brand. But he's with all the arguments we made for Mandy, she was the bigger star over Braun, and I think that takes him out of contention. Yeah, just a little bit. Seth Rollins, like Becky Lynch, was a consistent player on the Monday Night Raw brand. He became the face of the brand. He had matches with Cody and Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley, and he kind of was the staple of it. Riddle as well. He came, He just sort of was the guy everyone fought. Very consistent, very Seth freaking Rollins. Outfits and everything, he was very over the top. The fans love him. He, they sing his song. There's Sami Zayn, who's become a breakout star, who did everything in, that WWE has ever asked for, of him. Whether it was to be a background player in the Bloodline storyline, to becoming the face of the Bloodline storyline. Because it was supposed to be one and done, and then it became all about Sami Zayn. He also did the celebrity stuff with Johnny Knoxville from the Rumble all the way through WrestleMania, and rebuilt himself as to a credible person who is now one of the top stars on Friday Night SmackDown. There's MJF, the loud mouth of AEW. He had a great feud with CM Punk, then attempted to make Wardlow, and then shit all over Wardlow and the company when he walked out for three months and then came back got outshined by all out brawl and then became the world champion he is a very consistent act and he would be next year's hard carry of the year because he's going to probably be their world champion for the entire year yeah so it's not this year for MJF because he isn't because he just doesn't do it he skipped the summer and that kind of takes you out. I mean, for me, it's kind of coming down to Sammy and John Moxley. I have two more. Like, can I finish the Roman case and then and John's yes. case? Okay, we got Roman Reigns, who is the WWE's eternal champion. <laughs> He's the. He'll guy. lose it at some point. He'll lose it at some point, maybe one day, eventually, if you smell it. I don't know. Who knows? No one knows. To go to put a Roman over as the hard carry, well, you could. But he's wrestled like seven or eight times this year. Same amount as the current AEW World Champion who's wrestled seven or eight times this year. They just don't wrestle enough to be considered hard carries. And then there's John Moxley. The proto hard carry. He is the legitimately hard carry of the wrestling business. He, when CM Punk got hurt, he became their world champion out of necessity and ran the summer of Punk as the summer of Mox. John Moxley would work indie dates. He would work GCW. He would do all these things. He'd work anywhere he can get. In a year where, at the start, you didn't know what to expect from John Moxley because he was just coming out of rehab. Then he went on to have one of the greatest years in his career. Two-time world champion, or two-time world champion of the for the year. He in AEW. He wrestled all around the world. He's done everything you could ask as a per, for from a company guy. He is that guy. And it continues to be. He put off his vacation to work a program with MJF and still has not gotten his vacation. So, yeah, Sammy and John Moxley are your heart carries. We have to make a decision of who it is. Honestly, 2022 is the year of Sammy Zayn. You can also say it's the year of John Moxley. I have to go with what I've seen. I know. And for me, it's like, I think Mock picking up and carrying when everybody either got hurt or beat up or fired, or whatever. Like, there was literally nobody else, and so they called John Moxley, and he's like, alright, I'll do this, is definitely worthy of the award. Because he didn't have to do that. He could have told Tony to fuck off. 
But instead, he was like, no, I'll come back. I'll cancel my vacation. I'll do this for you. I will carry AEW on my shoulders until we figure this the fuck out. Whatever it is. <laughs> Legitimately canceled vacation, became a producer, coach, whatever you want backstage has been helping. Like, he legit became a hard carry for the company. Taking over his roles that other people had given up. That's why Eileen mocks over Sammy. But you make the final call. Sammy's complete reinvention of himself. And the fact that when he started 2022, all of us thought he was going to get fucking fired. Until he re-signed with the company, which was a great, you know, decision on his part. His contract was coming up and he decided... I'm sticking around. Had a hell he of a decided year. to stay, and they rewarded him. They mm-hmm. rewarded him at WrestleMania. They've rewarded him with the Bloodline stuff and the reinvention of Sami Zayn, and really the summer of Sami and the winter of Sami, and all of the Bloodline work that he's done, and everything like that is just shown what an asset he is to that company. Do I think he's done as much as Moxley? I don't know because Moxley was really over the summer and once they got it figured out, they kind of let him take a step back. He carried it till November, a little bit more than the summer. But for me, it's also time frame. I don't know. Like I want to give it to Mox, but I don't want to discount Sammy. So here, here's how we'll get with it, right? Mm-hmm. We do, How did we do the female one? Who was the breakout? Mandy. No, Rhea was your breakout. Rhea was your breakout. Sammy's your breakout. Honorary mission. <laughs> Male breakout of the year. Sammy Zayn. Because that's what he is. Accomplishment wise. Like, just go off of facts, right? Yeah. John did more. Yeah, John did a lot more. Like, he. AEW was in a really, really, really tough spot. Like, a really tough spot when John took over because they'd taken the, they had to take the belt off of Punk. All the normal people that you would put that title on were either hurt or they had been suspended by that point and they didn't know what to do. And so they called in the cavalry that was John Moxley and they had him come in and they're like, hey, man, we need you to do this. And he's like, OK, cool. And he took over and he's still doing a lot of that stuff backstage. Yeah, he, he resigned and became a producer or coach or whatever it is so yeah your male card carry of the year we have to give it to john moxley there you go <laughs> so there are your rambling awards for 2022 do you agree with our picks do you feel like people got left out let us know on the twitters but i think that does it for us it does that will do it for us live over here on the wild talk radio this has been the rambling awards on the rack on the wild talk Radio Network. Saturday Night Midnight Ish is another edition of CB Radio. We're back live at midnight-ish. After two, three weeks off, whatever it's been, we're back. We're doing a show. We have a new intern's corner. We'll have the expert NFL picks. And a greater than great debate on the blame raps. It is CB Radio. Before that, we should be doing some sort of Fortnite with friends. We'll figure out the time. Maybe 10.30. We'll, we'll, when we get around to it, you know, twitch.tv slash wtlive is the place to be. Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's WTR Sunday at Russell Talk Radio. They will be making their predictions for 2023 and reviewing what they did in 2022 and probably talking about Vince McMahon. Maybe. We'll see. It's up to them. Monday nights, Rob Post Show, 11 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back live next Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, with the first show where we have no plan. So you're going to get like four weeks of news. Be ready. <laughs> We're going to cover everything we've missed in the four weeks of planned shows. You're welcome. So, maybe outdated. it. Who knows? But we'll talk about it next week on the Rackets Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms, wherever you get a podcast. Whether it's Stitcher, Amazon, Apple, you name it, just search the Rack Radio Show. 
chat, if you have that Amazon Prime, you can link it to your Twitch account. It's called Prime Game. You can support the channel by clicking that purple rectangular button below the screen, because, you know, take Jeff Bezos' money. You can use Creator Code Rocket Sock or... Lynn's Amor. In a Fortnite item shop or Epic Game Store, because they're putting out new skins and Kenshin's about to do new things. Why? So we are hashtag Epic Partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Lensward, L-N-S-W-R-D. You can check out my Twitch channel. I will be live tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern with coffee and breakfast because Genshin is dropping their 3.4 reveal and we have to scream about it. So we will be watching that live tomorrow. So everybody come hang out if you're awake. Let's have coffee and breakfast together as we watch stuff for Genshin Impact. And I will scream about it later. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly over the weekend. Anyway. But that's happening. But you can also follow me just the regular way on Twitch. Because I do stream Genshin Impact. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. 6-ish p.m. to 8 p.m. And on the weekends whenever I can fit it in. So follow me on Twitter to get notified of when I'm going live. You can also check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at symbol lensward, or just go to lensward.rockradioshow.com or look for lensward on the YouTube. My content is there, and I occasionally stream on YouTube when Twitch fucks up. You can also check out MBG Films, youtube.com slash mbg1211. Go check out Matt's content. He's been our very faithful sponsor for a long, long time now, and we love him very much. But So go like, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things. But for Rock, for me... This has been The Rack right here on WallTalkRadio.com. This has been The Ramblin' Awards, and we will see you next week back with all the wrestling news. Till then, bye! Wild Talk Radio.